0: hello folks friends people um today i'm coming at you with a building live wire i am interrupting my laricon talk planning because i'm procrastinating and i don't want to do it right now and i'd rather talk to you about something else so here's here's something um tailwind uh, just came out with a really awesome just-in-time compiler which basically means Instead of, if you've used Tailwind, you know that that it's a really big CSS file, but it's not really meant to be used in production. It's Sort of implied that you're, or explicitly stated, that you're supposed to use purge CSS to purge all the CSS you're not using in your app. So it starts with a giant CSS file and whittles down to a small one. And so Adam just released a just-in-time compiler, which is basically flipping that uh, in reverse. So now you start with no CSS, and then as you add classes to an HTML template there's a watcher that's watching for those changes and it's adding only the CSS that, um, that you're using to the CSS file. So the builds are like ridiculously fast, like sub hundred millisecond, um, you know, builds for, for the CSS files. So it's really nice in a bunch of ways, whatever. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so there's other projects that are already doing this, uh, windy CSS. I think I don't, I don't know stuff. So I don't know if T wind is also that, or if it's, or if it's just CSS and JS or if that, that that's any different, but, um, windy and T wind are projects already out there that look pretty established. Like they have like a community, they have active GitHub repositories, they have doc sites, um, for their, for their projects. So it's really weird. Cause it's like, at first I thought, oh, these are just like tailwind plugins or something, um, but they're not, they're kind of like, like competing frameworks. Like if you use T wind, you don't use tailwind. It's really weird. Um, same thing with windy CSS so uh, so Adam put out this just-in-time compiler which is you know uh, basically that's that's a problem that these tools were solving already they were the CSS and JS tools for people who use tailwind um, and so yeah so and, and now people are a little bit upset so it's the people who created these and it's not a big it's not a big amount of people and I really don't mean to highlight this whole this piece of of open source drama but I feel like I've run into this a bunch and I want to talk about it. It's actually easier to talk about somebody else's experience than it is to talk about your own. Um, but in this, so in this case, like from the outside in, you see somebody who's upset. Like they put in a lot of work into a project and then a big boy comes along and squashes it because Tailwind's going to win. If Tailwind puts out a just-in-time compiler, it's going to be the one that people use. If there's a CSS and JS solution for Tailwind, people are going to use the official one on the docs. They're not going to use the third-party community-driven one. So the people who built these third-party community-driven things, they solved a problem, they put in a lot of work, and now their thing is going bye-bye. And that's got to suck. Like, I'm sure that's a sucky feeling. I don't deny that at all. This is an extremely nuanced conversation, so I don't actually have any legitimate um, or defined takeaways. But I do want to just talk about about my, I guess, my take on it is open source is not first-come, first-serve. And this is something that I've come across a bunch. And here's, here's the scenario from the maintainer's perspective. Cause you already have the scenario from the consumer perspective. Um, and this happens like, let's say that like people created Laravel admin panels and then Taylor still came out with Nova and he didn't like, you know, thank all the admin panels for their work and the, all the work they did up front. He didn't not put out Nova. He didn't ask them for permission. He didn't give them royalties or anything like that. He just put Nova out and now people use Nova instead of those other packages. I think. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing uh, i've run into this with livewire since day one and there's nothing wrong with people wanting to pitch in and build stuff for an ecosystem that's totally great but i, I you know i'm working on liveware and i would get requests pretty early like "Ooh, are you do you have any plans for dev tools and i'd be like well yeah someday but like that's the least of my concerns i got stuff to do you know and people would be like oh do you mind if i create it i think a lot of times what people are looking for is some sort of endorsement that, that they will get to be the official dev tools of the package so that they don't cause they don't want to put in a ton of work. And then I put out something and then they get squashed, but I can't do that. I can't tell you that like, I'm going to partner up with you for this specific thing because I need control over the project. You know, um, it's, it's really tough. This, this is the, the maintainer's perspective is like the maintainer is so busy working on the core tool that they don't have time to address these, these somewhat obvious uh, extra parts of the ecosystem. And so, so in my mind, I'm like, I don't have time to do that. I'm going to focus on the core and hopefully I'm going to get to that eventually and have time to do that or hire someone to do that and do it the best I can possibly do it and fit it into the ecosystem. If somebody else creates it first and it's great, and I feel like there's no need for me to create it. Perfect. But I imagine that if somebody puts something out like that, which actually Marcel actually did put out the live wire, dev tools. Um, and I haven't actually used them that much. And I will probably link to them on the docs or in the, in the readme. But again, it's not a, it's not a package I created. I'm not responsible for it. I'm not, res- I, it is not under my umbrella. I don't want people to think that, that, you know, if they see some part of it that's poorly designed or buggy, I don't want that to be a reflection of me and my work, you know? So it's this really weird situation. So what I tell people when they come to me and they ask me these things, let me see, what time are we at here? Cause this is a topic I could talk about for days. Oh my gosh. We're already over halfway done you know what? Ah, oh, we'll make this a part one, part two. So um, yes, 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 yes. So when people come to me and, and ask me these things, I usually tell them, cool, go for it. We're all allowed to do whatever we want. If there's a need in the community, you're allowed to solve it. That's totally fine. I'm not going to be pissed at you. I think there's also people just want to know that like, they just want to check with you as a courtesy so that so that i don't see something and then get mad or something like no, no no click so i usually tell people go for it we can all do whatever we want but there's no guarantees that i'm not going to squash this in the future and it's a really weird thing to tell people but i have to tell people that and everybody even people even my friends close people at higher levels um i've had to tell daniel colborne that about like mobile stuff he was interested in doing like a mobile framework package thing for livewire i was like dude go for it he was like excited for this to be his like foray into liveware and i'm like dude go for it but honestly i can't promise you that i'm not going to squash it because that's a big part of the liveware ecosystem that i definitely want to make sure we nail but that's far into the future so it's just this weird thing where it's hard to tell like your best friend that like i know you're excited about this thing i want you to do it but i can't like give ownership of it to you you know unless you're really going to dedicate a, you know what i mean Oh, it's just so tough, especially things where there's monetization opportunities. So people, lots of people have asked me about component frameworks, component libraries, like Tailwind UI, but for LiveWire. They're like, I want to create, and people have created them. They exist out there. People have created these component libraries. And again, my answer is the same, is do whatever you want to do, go for it, but I might squash it. And it's even different with the monetization things because it feels even worse as a maintainer. You're like, oh, I'm so busy working on the thing that everybody else is benefiting from that I can't do the obvious marketable thing like a component library. Um, So the answer is, and and I'm not, I don't mean to complain here. Like I I am in a position of power, I'm not powerless. Um, So I am not complaining about my position. The answer for me is buck up, get the work done in your own time, drown out the noise, release the things you want, and don't feel really sad if people get squashed a little bit, you know? Um, Even in a big way, it's such a tough, it is such a tough thing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm on a mission. I've created LiveWire. I created Alpine. Sure, I used inspiration from other places. Definitely. I, everybody does. But I remixed things and created something, put tons and tons and tons of work in at a time when it was super doubted. Like nobody thought it was anything, you know? And again, I'm not trying to, to sound like, um, uh, I don't know, like the, the Black Sheep or the Dark Knight or I don't know, whatever the word is, the underdog. But there is that feeling of you go from like you put in all the work, you stress for weeks and weeks and weeks over one little bit of API and people just use it and they think, oh, that's an obvious piece of API because when you put a lot of work into something, it feels obvious, hopefully. And people just think, oh, that's obvious. And then now they build something off that. And that's how it works. I've inherited a ton of sweat from other people. Let's just pick Taylor Otwell. Like so much of So much of me and the things I've created are built off of him and the things he's created. Um, And I don't think like either of us really owe each other anything, you know, it's kind of weird. Like um, maybe that's not, if anybody owes anything, it's me owing Taylor things, but, but that's, that's not the agreement. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling here, but it's a really tough thing. And so when I see something like with this this Tailwind thing and this windy CSS and this person's all heard about it and they're like this ridiculous the big boy squashes the little guy and they don't take any whatever and in, in a, uh, to be fair in this scenario actually Adam did offer the guy it offered to collaborate and the guy said no I'd rather basically compete and Adam's like all right fine let's compete you know <laughs> but the dude like forked Tailwind essentially his project is Tailwind like all that sweat Adam put into that API he's just taking you know whatever. And that's okay. That's open source. You can do that. I do think that that is actually low though. When you just rip something off, I'm not a fan of ripping things off. (laughs) I don't think that that's a good idea, but we're at 10 minutes. Let's talk about this in part two.